This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. It's Monday, and you are tuned to MPB Think Radio, and our program is entitled Deep South South Dining. Dining. Good morning, Carol. Hey, Mel. How you doing? I'm good. It's nice and brisk outside. Well, since we always have food at the table, I want to brag on your wife this morning. Okay. Malcolm has gifted Java and me with Armenian holiday bread. Malcolm and Kara. Malcolm and Kara. Kara has gifted by way of Malcolm. Kara has gifted. <laughs> Malcolm and, was the deliverer. Yes, he was only only the deliverer. Uh, but it is a just a beautiful braided bread and you know all i can think about is her grandmother passed away a couple of months ago and how proud her grandmother would be that kara is carrying on the armenian traditions and this recipe is in her grandmother's book pass please pass the pilaf it's called holiday sweet bread or churd egg is is what they actually call it churd egg pronounced c i mean spelled c-h-e-u-r-a-g Oh, oh, that's how I've seen that word before. Mm-hmm. So it is a braided uh, holiday sweet bread, good with uh, butter, jam, but but don't put hummus on it. I was recently chastised by a member of uh, the Armenian clan for, for putting <laughs> hummus on my churd egg. You got to be careful with that, Java. Yeah, you don't want. I, I, I asked the question so I wouldn't make that mistake. <laughs> Java did ask, "What do you do? What do you put on it?" So anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, it's great. So that's sort of in keeping with our theme this morning of things to give uh, at the holiday that, that you create uh, or that are from your kitchen or from your or inventory. Or flown in from New Zealand by Thomas Williams. Well, I'm telling you, Thomas, put it on you guys. Yes. I received a four-and-a-half-pound salmon from New Zealand, from our good friend Thomas Williams in Nashville, who is one of the world's greatest human beings and culinary enthusiasts. But and I, member of Cooking and Coping, member, and great and friend, actually one of one of the early early boosters. I mean, in the top, and he was one of the first five members and introduced us to a lot of people. But Malcolm, this thing was so, is so beautiful, mm. and I had so much fun. Uh, cooking it. Well, I it have looked some beautiful. left. I may, br- I may yeah, bring some by today. It was very beautiful, the photos that well, you posted. I, I pondered for literally hours on what to do with this, you know, bounty, this gracious plenty. And what I ended up doing was a slow roasted salmon. Uh, I mm. had had it before uh, our good Greek friend, Danelle Primos, had shared this recipe. Uh, It's a French recipe, and I actually cooked it. I cooked like two pounds of it, just nestled it in a baking dish where it was Mm. kind of touching on all sides and brushed olive oil and put it in the oven at only 225 for 17 minutes. Very slow. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) It was very – I mean, it, it, it was between really cooked and really uncooked, really creamy. And the recipe had a sorrel sauce, but we don't have much sorrel here in Mississippi, so I did. You substituted. I substituted spinach. And? And made a cold spinach sauce, and it was delicious. But you made a remark that the spinach was a good substitute, but that it didn't quite have all the elements that the sorrel would have had. Yeah, sorrel has a sour. It, it's a really unique flavor and so it had it's kind of a i don't know a sour mm. musty gotcha. real with the french use a lot of it and several people commented that they grow sorrel and somebody here said they grow it and bring it to the farmer's market in the summer so well, i'm gonna be on top of that i was going to say if any of our listeners uh, have an inside track on sorrel and i uh, want to share with us we could We'd be happy to share that info, and then you would know also, and yes. so would I. Yes. 
So we want to shout out this morning to Kevin Farrell, the deputy director of radio or assistant director of radio here at MPB. And he's often mans the phones for us. But Kevin won the MPB Holiday Bake Off. And we aren't surprised, are we, Carol? We are not surprised because he has been working hard for it. Now, it it wasn't to, even a contest. I well, I do, I do have to say he was one of the winners. There were many categories, but he did, I guess, I guess you would call it the most uh, prestigious award because it was the fan favorite. I got it. It was you. the people's fan votes. Fan favorite. Fan's favorite. Well, <laughs> we, we are blessed every Monday morning by Kevin's baking. Yeah, he's been for a few months now. Every Monday morning he brings in cookies. So I say that he deserves it, and I'm a fan yeah, it was a, I, I call it a slow campaign. <laughs> a slow rollout. It was a slow rollout. That's right. That's right. Well, congratulations to Kevin. Uh, keep on baking, my friend. Keep on baking. And I'm not talking about Kevin Bacon. I'm talking about Kevin, Kevin Farrell baking. baking. <laughs> so, Carol, what's the latest from our Facebook uh, family cooking and coping? There's a lot going on out there in the other leg of, of, of our uh, of our show. There is so much creativity in when you were just talking about the home kitchen. This morning, the first post I saw, and I wish I had written down her name. I may look it up. Pans of cheese straws. Oh, here we go. I mean, think about what a Merry Christmas that's going to be for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, you know, somebody else was making a guy uh, for the first time since he was a little boy made peanut brittle i saw it, that i know and it made and I, me want to go do that too well it just for me i just looked at that giant pan of peanut brittle and i remembered my grandparents house i mean immediately just i just thought we don't do that i haven't made peanut brittle since my grandparent days so yeah thank you, and thank you whoever made the peanut yes, brittle and yes, posted it and you're seeing divinity and christmas cookies and cakes and divinity with, with a pecan a roasted pecan Ooh. on top just a little square Ooh. of divinity you, you like that java i'm really what when we say divinity what are we talking it's about that sweet white candy did uh, you only get uh, people bring around christmas it's I, I, we'll a, have to get a better I want, we'll, We will get someone to make, make one for you. I, I will not be making Divinity. It's super sweet and super holiday-ish. And then when I taste it, I'll be like, oh, I know what this is. Yeah, you're going to say, <laughs> oh, okay. Got yeah, it, yeah. Got anyone it. wants to send Java some Divinity? Don't, to, they're going to they're gonna send all the boxes of it. <laughs> <laughs> you put a call out, they, 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 they will answer. They will respond. Well, uh, well, Carol, what uh, did you see? This is a, something that I noticed in Southern Living Magazine. They recently posted their most popular recipes for the year 2021. Did you see such a thing? I did see it, and, I mean, what a throwback. I was expecting. It really surprised me because everything is like old school, including old school squash casserole. Really, really. Um Southern style collard greens. I mean, I guess people they never go out of style. And I, I'm thinking that also during the pandemic, people are craving home food and comfort food, classic baked mac and cheese, oven baked baby back ribs, home style ground beef casserole. Now there's a there you page go. from my childhood. What is Texas ranch water? It's, a, it's like a, 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 a some kind of cocktail oh. that was I, apparently very popular. <laughs> I don't know any, first thing about that. Well, one of the things that interested me was the hummingbird cake. Mm -hmm. And I went back and looked up hummingbird cake because I've heard about it for a long time. And I thought it was like something from the 20s and 30s, you know, just really, really old, old. But uh, it was first published in Southern Living in 1978, so oh, it's man. not as old as I thought, but it is their most requested recipe hmm. of the past 40 years. Well, wow. tell, us, tell us about the hummingbird cake. Well, you know, people give Southerners a lot of credit for it, but it actually, the cake... Probably the origins were Jamaican. Uh -huh. It's very tropical. It mm. has crushed pineapple. It has crushed bananas in it. But the Southerners are the ones that put the cream cheese frosting. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course they did. <laughs> That's interesting. Hummingbird. 
the hummingbird cake. I've but, had it, but I've never made it. So, and also the southern buttermilk pie is a is a favorite. Yeah. You ever make buttermilk pie? Well, I, I do. Sometimes called chest, chest pie. pie I'm, I'm, I call it uh, chest pie, but yes, I do. It's you know one of the easiest pies to make because it's with ingredients that you normally just already have in your refrigerator like butter sugar eggs eggs buttermilk mm-hmm. yeah and you just bake it in a like a pyrex yeah blend and bake yeah uh but one of the things i learned on our show when we had scott peacock who wrote the book with edna lewis is about getting the ingredients for chest pie to room temperature that was a good tip it. That it, was a good it really tip. is. And here's another tip that, duh, I never thought of. When, when it says your eggs need to be room temperature, I go, oh, darn. I didn't get my eggs out soon enough. And, yeah, he said, just put them in a little bowl of warm water for a couple right. of minutes. You can warm them up. <laughs> Boy, I never thought of and that. And there you were, putting off the, the actual making of the cake because the eggs hadn't been out long yeah. enough. <laughs> but do not microwave your eggs. Do not microwave Mm-mm. your Mm-mm. eggs. No, 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 no. That would be a no-no. So that's kind of Southern Living's list of, I mean, believe it or not, uh, the most popular. I guess that's the most searched recipes in 2021. Yeah, so their, their there, there you have it. Uh, I'm interested in any of our listeners who make hummingbird cake and know anything about it and feel that it's the most popular cake. I hope somebody will call in and shed a little light on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Liz Gill is standing by to take your calls if you're interested in joining this conversation or creating a conversation that you're interested in. Carol and Java and I are here to chat. So do yeah, not hesitate. If, if you have a question, a comment, uh, or a suggestion, uh, we are here to hear from you. So we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll take a bit of a deeper dive into gift giving. Uh, for your favorite foodie or person on your list who loves to cook and eat. A bit later in the show, we talk to one of our favorite contributors, Tim Pierce from Boonville, Mississippi. And we call him Mr. Manners of Memphis. There you go. Mr. Manners will be joining us later in the conversation. He'll talk about holiday etiquette, how to act, and what to bring when you are invited to a dinner party. So stay tuned. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 1-877-672-7464. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Larry Morrissey with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Each week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. on Think Radio, or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcasting app. Good morning. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with the one and only Carol Puckett, my skillet buddy. I love being your skillet buddy. It sure is a nice day outside, and it's a beautiful day inside as well. Well, Malcolm, we were talking about some things that people were making, mm-hmm. and I said, I wish I remembered the names of the people who were making these things. And during the break, I looked on Cooking and Coping, and a shout-out to Linda Hitt, who is making pans wow. and pans of cheese straws. And what? And brownies and, and divinity? fudge and divinity. And Show Java the photo of yeah, the it, divinity. It, it's good, Java. You're going you're gonna to know wow. this one. It's a classic. Yeah. So last week, you know, we talked about books and giving the foodie in your life a great gift. We had Katie Malpas on from Lemuria, and uh, we talked about some of the classic uh, books. We talked about a great gift also is a gift certificate from your favorite restaurant or cooking lessons. And I thought those were some great tips for people who do not wish to go online and to be nervous about coming up with a gift. All right, we've got a caller on the phone. We have Rebecca calling us from Fulton, Mississippi, and she wants to talk about fruitcake, but somewhat different. different. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning. How are you doing? Really We're good. Well. How's everything good. in Fulton? It's, it's brisk. <laughs> brisk. It's brisk in Fulton. You know, I love Fulton, but y'all used to beat us like a drum in football uh, when I was in high school. We never could beat Fulton. Never did. 
You beat us every time. Boonville v. Fulton. Always Fulton on top. Anyway, I won't hold it against you, Rebecca. Thank you. Um, (laughs) uh, We're proud proud of our football team this year. They they, they did pretty well. Um, But I I called, I wanted to ask about um, about fruitcake because because my grandmother picked fruitcake, but but I was I don't remember you know how she made it, but I've heard people talk about you know they liked her fruitcake and they generally did not like fruitcake, but mm. but I've heard people say that it was more like a Kentucky bourbon cake, and I have never made anything like that, and I was just curious to know you know obviously bourbons in it, but um, Kentucky bourbon, yeah, Kentucky bourbon. It, it sounds delicious, and I, I'm one who has never made a fruit cake. But my mother has never made a fruit cake either. But she has eaten many. Hmm. It's her. It's like her one time a year to, to get that. But I think people react a lot in fruit cake to the, you know, you get those green and red maraschino huh. yeah. cherries, kind of dry. I think, I think that's. That's something that's a little off-putting to people. You know, mm-hmm. some really good fruitcakes for me don't have yeah, that in it. They have more, you know, nuts and other fruit and, you know, not that strong taste mm-hmm. um, of that. I, I don't know. I can't. Well, it, and it can't help that we use the phrase nutty as a fruitcake. <laughs> I mean, so the fruitcake out of the gate probably gets a bad rap. There are a lot of jokes about fruitcakes. And, uh, but I think that you are on to something here, Rebecca, that there is a better fruitcake. And I have had some really good ones, and quite frankly, I've had some rascals. Um, yeah, I'm just looking. I'm just, just Googled it real quick um, to look at my green and red cherries. And here's something that says over one million pounds of fruitcake was made from scratch, sold and shipped in 2020. That's a lot. Now, my grandmother made fruitcake. Um, it was filled with dried fruits, all sorts of apricots, cherries, mm-hmm. raisins. I mean, it was quite the cornucopia of dried fruit. Nuts. Go ahead. Would plums go in it? Plums? Yeah, why not? Of course. I would think that it's whatever the baker wishes. Now, there's probably some things you put in there that would uh, sort of jeopardize the continuity or the consistency of the fruitcake. It has to be uh, sort of spongy and moist. And uh, also, it's very dense. Fruitcake is very dense. And, And it can be either soaked with or without uh, spirit, without alcohol. I prefer the type soaked in alcohol. How about this, uh, Rebecca? We'll we'll put our little heads together uh, after the show. We'll find what we think is a really good fruitcake recipe, and then we'll post it on, on our website. Right, Java? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, uh, Janet Wagner, who is one of our members in Cooking and Coping, has been posting fruitcakes, and we'll get with with her. We'll get uh, some advice. We'll get some advice, and also just before you sign off. The alcohols most favored in fruit cakes are medium sherry, mm-hmm. dark rum, brandy or orange liqueur like Grand Marnier, yeah. and whiskey, Kentucky whiskey. bourbon. Well there, you, <laughs> well, there you go, uh, Rebecca. Thank you so much for listening to Deep South Dining and for taking a moment to call us and to share with us the joy of fruit cake here at the holiday season. We appreciate you. Okay. So, Carol, what are some of your favorite uh, holiday food-based gifts to give? Well, I spent my summer making fig preserves and pear preserves, so those are going to be uh, be my Christmas gifts. And uh, I also do a roasted pecan and you know, do them in mm-hmm. tins and give them to people. So those are my three. I've gotten those from you before, and I appreciate them. And they're great because you can use them for so many things. Snacking, baking, goes in salads really nicely. Yeah. Good order. Yeah. Goes in a snackle box really well. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Yes, indeed they do. But um, I'm kind of that's, – that's mine. Nothing exciting. Uh, I always, every year, say I'm going to start and do herb vinegars in the summer, but somehow it never gets done. 
Well, we've got a text here from the one and only Thomas Williams, who sent you the beautiful salmon. And he wants us to talk a little bit about jam cakes. And he says that he thinks that when you make a jam cake, you, you, you put it in the closet, he's saying, or something like that. You do something peculiar with it, I guess. Okay, listeners. To, <laughs> to let it rise or marinate. I don't know. Uh, but if you know... Uh, a bit about uh, jam cakes. Now, I've eaten a lot of jam cakes. Layered jam with sheet cake. That's that's what I'm thinking, Carol. What are you thinking with jam cake? Uh, I'm thinking of jam cakes like uh, a fig cake mm-hmm. or that are made with chunky preserves right. and that type of thing. So I'm Strawberry jam. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of interested in hear, hearing what listeners and real peaches. bakers say about that. Yeah. If, you, if you're familiar with and uh, have a close personal relationship to jam cakes we we'd love to hear from you uh but is there a difference between a jam and a jelly cake good question jam up and jelly, jelly tight, tight. <laughs> we uh, okay <laughs> we, we will ponder if there's a difference i think not i think it's well jam has more chunky fruit in it yeah. and jelly is strained and and clear but yeah but i mean the the baking of a cake with either would seem that you do layers jam or jelly layer jam or jelly and then some sort of exterior i i really i really think we don't need to dive in this because and, and let our listeners <laughs> what do you mean are, think we've already I know, dove I know, into it but we're show, we're showing our own ignorance and our our imagination and what ignorance. we really what we really need is some bakers to call in and save us here yeah well we if we can't answer a question, which is often the case, we, we just make it up. Well, we make up something, then we do research and we come. Yeah, back but we do. We believe in and, research. And we we try to get a real answer. But to you a asked me about my gifts, and here you have Armenian holiday bread. Right. And what else are your go-to gifts from the kitchen? Well, in the old days, <clears throat> I would often give wine uh, because I think it's kind of an easy one to give and. Um, you know, there's so much interesting wine out there now. Um, but if you bake something or make something, I think it really puts the personal uh, touch to it. Um, and I'm not a big baker, so I, yeah. you know, I don't make cookies. Kara does. She she makes cakes and cookies. So I'm now very blessed that I can give her baking yeah. uh, to folks. But I... I, I uh, but you know, I love receiving things that people make that are really easy things. Like some of my like favorite things I have been gifted are like a jar of spice tea mix. Excellent. Or milk. I can't think of the word. Hot chocolate. Like hot chocolate mix. Hot chocolate. Yes, yes, yes. That's a good one. Yeah. But my other gift, and I, I just thought of this, my real Christmas gift to my you know, some really good friends, I make artichoke lasagna. And you I've do. done that That's for right. years. And here's another good one, like a homemade herb vinaigrette or a, uh, a sort of a um, some sort of vinegar topping for greens or something mm-hmm. uh, that you make with peppers that you grow. We need to revisit this in the summer because, mm-hmm. like I was saying about my herb vinegar, we need to get people when we're when we're going through the harvest to. Yeah, pick peppers and start on those gifts early. Yeah. But I, I do believe that uh, something from your kitchen, something from your hand, uh, it has, has a lot more meaning than sort of a pass-through-the-mall uh, kind of gift. It, it's, People still go I, I to malls. I do want to say, so I yeah, I don't, I don't know, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you and I both love condiments, mm. and I think condiments, they don't have to be homemade, make the greatest gifts and the greatest host gifts. I know that Java, you you know, you're talking about what do you take to a party. I think a condiment is always. Yeah, I like when you brought that suggestion up. I really did think that was a great idea because everybody has these interesting takes on their certain condiments and their flavors and things. And there's so many different and interesting varieties out there that yeah, you may I not be aware to give, of. To give a really nice sea salt mm-hmm. or pepper. And it, you know, and, it, and it also doesn't ask much of, of the person you're... There you go. You know, they don't have to serve it right then. And right. every time they use it, they can think of you. And uh, I ordered something actually online this week I read about on Cooking and Coping called Rolf Rub. R-O-L-F-E. Rolf. A lot of our meat cookers talk about Rolf rub, and you can only get it 
online. I think Doug Boone from Jackson and Clark Etheridge, some of the big green egg people. So I'm ordering, or I have ordered, Rolf Rub for one of the grillers in my life. One of our listeners just texted me to say that a great gift to give is olive salad put in a sort of mason jar with some ribbon and maybe some thyme tied around it just to... That is a great gift. And and Tricia Walker, our musician friend in Cleveland, that's one of the things she gives. Uh, Is olive salad? Olive salad. I put it on. I put it in salads, sandwiches. I just love this stuff. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say that, especially for our Mississippi sauce makers, um, the Mississippi Gift Company dot com has a great list of Mississippi made uh, sauces and condiments. So if you're looking to, you know, support Mississippi. Yeah. And, and yeah, some of those are like Hoover sauce. Uh huh. Hoover sauce. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Lillo's salad dressing. That Primo's Primo's salad dressing. Vito's. V-I-T-O apostrophe at Vito salad dressing. Um, Chriselle's comeback sauce. Absolutely. Just, you know, one jar of something. Wonderful. You know, when Java uh, was talking about taking a condiment to a dinner party or to, you know, a dinner you've been invited to, I've been doing a little bit of research on dinner party etiquette. And one of the things, Java, that they talk about in here is if you decide to bring a gift that is consumable, whether it's a bottle of wine or salt and pepper or a condiment, do not expect the host to serve it at that dinner party because that's they can't just suddenly take a gift that you've thought of and incorporate it into the menu. So you, if you bring a condiment, if you bring wine, if you bring a gift that is consumable, don't be offended if the host just thanks you, puts it aside, and uses it later. Good. I hope that Mr. Manners of Memphis is already listening before his segment because he may want to comment on that as well. I think that he will. All right. The phone uh, is uh, ringing here. We've got Crystal calling us from Greene County. And, hey, Crystal's going to talk about a jam cake recipe. Welcome. Good morning. Um, I have a jam cake recipe that my mother-in-law baked every Thanksgiving and she inherited it from her grandmother. The recipe was from 1928, and it was made in her family every Thanksgiving. It was a five-layer jam cake with a seedless blackberry jam, Mm. and you made it in five layers, but then you made a, a glaze with sugar, butter, and milk, and you covered the whole cake, Mm. you wrapped the cake, and put it in a dark, cool cabinet. There you go. The closet. Or cabinet, yeah. Yeah, pie safe. In a pie safe. Or or as Thomas said, the closet. I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you, but you hit on something that another listener had asked about, and that was preparing the jam cake and putting it in a dark place. How long do you do that? Well, you make it at Thanksgiving, and you eat it at Christmas. Ah. Okay. Okay, Crystal, I have a question about the multiple layers. Do you take your layers, like of your 8-inch or 9-inch cake pan, and slice them to make thinner layers? Or do you use just a regular size five layers of a cake pan, which would be a very tall cake? Just the regular size layers of the cake pan. And you just make a tall cake. A tall cake. You put a, yeah. You put a little bit of the filling in between each layer, or the glaze. You put a little bit in between each layer of the cake, right. and then you drizzle the rest of the glaze over the cake. And it, it hardens, and it seals the cake. And it stays in the closet for a month. Yes, but the filling between the layers actually stays very moist, Mm -hmm. and the jam and the raisins and coconut and buttermilk, it just all permeates the cake layers, and it is is 
you you just you just eat the cake. You you want to eat the whole cake yourself. Yeah. Well, I think you're going to have listeners, uh, you know, uh, running to the cookbooks looking for jam cakes. That sounds delicious. I want to try one. I know. Crystal, is there any way we could get you to send us the recipe that you are <laughs> referencing here, or is it a secret family recipe? It is. I would. I will tell you this. It was in the Country Gentlewoman magazine in 1928. The Country Gentlewoman's magazine. 1928. 1928. So we'll have to. We'll have to do some digging. We really appreciate your call. This is great. You have yeah. solved both a mystery. And given us an inspiration to well, prepare our is, own is, jam it cakes. It is delicious. And the trick is make it a month ahead of time. A month ahead. That's, that's killer. Okay. Thanks, Crystal. How's everything in Greene County today? Sunny and beautiful, and it's going to be a very nice day. Sweet. Thank you so much for listening to Deep South Dining and for calling and sharing this amazing recipe that has has really inspired us, right, Carol? Absolutely. And on the phone now, we have Kathleen from Osaka. Good morning. I think I could miss you guys, not through the holidays. <laughs> Listen, um, for the cooks, and this is anybody that cooks, a, a unique kind of gift is what they call a run of vinegars. Just like you have a run of wine, like white, red, and you serve it, you know, for them to taste, have a run of vinegars. It's still in the bottles and give that to the hostess to use for the years. You can do the same thing with flavored oils and herbs and spices. And uh, y'all are talking about desserts. There is a good basic recipe for the bread pudding. But around the holidays, the only time you can get eggnog. So instead of milk, I use eggnog. And let me tell you, they, they can't keep their hands off that during the holidays. But you can change it up with using uh, pecans, raisins, and to, uh, toasted coconut flakes on top. or You can make it with grape and little grapes on top. It, it's so versatile. You just don't have to make it one way. Anything you want to put in a bread pudding, as long as you make the sauce. Preferably bourbon if you're from the south, maybe dark rum. Um, from the French area, they love that uh, Grand Marnier in the uh, bread pudding. But we like Grand Marnier just about on anything, you know. Gotcha. <laughs> Mac and cheese. <laughs> That's right. Mac and cheese with a little yeah. Grand Marnier. What do you think, Java? That may be that may be in my future. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kathleen, we always are happy to hear from you. You always have great suggestions, and we thank you for supporting our radio show and for calling when you have time. Thanks so much, Carol. It is time to to bring on the manners, the etiquette. Our friend Tim Pierce. Do we have Tim on the line? Yes, we do. Good morning. Good morning, Tim. Uh, I know that you loved it that we called you Mr. Manners of Memphis. <laughs> Though he's from Boonville. As Malcolm reminds us. But uh, Tim is one of our stalwarts and favorite contributors to Cooking and Coping. And people all over the world through Cooking and Coping have admired and learned from Tim's, not only his cooking, but his sense of style and uh snappy comments and uh, your your last segment Tim that you did with us just you know brought so many calls and comments that we thought it would be fun to have you guide us through our holiday manners I mean we've been out of touch many of us during the pandemic and oh we don't want to make any faux pas we've missed gathering for sure it's great to have opportunities to be back together Tim, what class did you graduate at Boonville High School? 77. Class of 77. Okay. That gives me a little perspective here. And how long have you been in Memphis? Since 2001. Okay, great. Well, you sure uh, have created a following uh, on our cooking and coping site, and we greatly appreciate what you bring to the table. And as Carol said, you know, it is time for holiday dinner parties, and 
it's been a minute since we've gathered, so we look to you to give us some good, solid advice on manners and etiquette. Well, you know, I, I think one of the main things for us to remember is that so many people have been apart, and now that we actually have the opportunity to come together, that our thinking should be kind and gracious. Uh, as a, a young boy, uh, I remember Mr. Roland McCoy, anytime he prayed in church, he would always start with kind and gracious Heavenly Father. Yes. And I think if you are invited to someone's home, just make sure that, I mean, I'm going to go overboard to let people know how honored we are to be with them and to be gathering again. And, you know, etiquette is, is important. It's something that, that I love. But more than anything, at, at this time of year, after or and during this pandemic, that we find ways to be kind and gracious to our hosts. Yeah, that that's a, a wonderful way to think. And you know, one of the things I think we're all wondering about a little bit is because, you know, we've been staying six feet apart and wearing masks, and we are so so sensitive about, you know, exposure to others and not, you know, not, you know, wanting to in- invade their personal boundaries. What should you do about hugging and, you know, ha- just kind of walk us through that a little bit? Well, first and foremost, if you even have a sniffle, call and let the guest, the host know that you will not be there. I mean, it, we we just cannot go to a party with any kind of symptom that might be seen as threatening. So, uh, and that, of course, leads me to another thing. Uh, RSVPs is the most important thing in the world. If you're invited especially if you get a mail invitation. If you get a, a, a true printed or handwritten invitation, RSVP is the most important thing that you can do. And quickly, I mean, uh, there may be circumstances where you have to wait a day or two to let them know, but it, it's so important to let guests know, especially if it's a sit-down dinner, uh, but more than anything. So... Um, just making sure that you're letting the guests know that you're going to be there. And then when you do go, um, I want to hug. I'm sorry. I, I saw a friend of mine post recently that she was coming to an event. And if you don't want to hug, you need to tell her right now. Right. You know? so, <laughs> but at the same time, if you feel like somebody is working to keep a distance, then don't rush into them. Don't force something. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, thinking about just being kind, being aware of the, the circumstance. And touch on uh, bringing a gift or gift giving or a thank you note or a follow-up. I think those are some really interesting points. Uh, those are interesting points that we could talk about all day. But, yeah, a, a hostess gift. Uh, again, there, there are different levels of entertaining. We, we all have close friends. We have some, uh, we call it our quarantine. We have our friends that we've seen because we all know each other's lifestyle and we have trusted each other during the pandemic. But now we're branching out into a broader arena. So um, when you're going to someone that you really want to honor their invitation, then you, yes, you absolutely take something that lets them know how special they are to you and how honored you are to be in their home. Um, And you guys have already touched on things that are appropriate and wonderful to give. And quite frankly, the more thought you put into that gift, the, the better it is because you think about how much time, energy, money that the, the host has put into the event and you want to honor them with that. Yeah. And there's um, a, an etiquette to seating that I read about in sort of preparing for this. 
and that is when you're having a dinner party. And Carol, you and I witnessed this recently when we attended a dinner party. You do not set sit couples next to each other. You you space people uh, about so that it's it can to encourage yeah, different com- conversation. conversation, and right. you give some thought to that. In advance, uh, you know, to who would enjoy talking to who, or if there's a quiet person, to put somebody that'll draw them out. Um, you know, I love a round table. In fact, mm. I have a round table because it encourages conversation, you know, with, with everybody. But but it is something you need to think about ahead of time, and also putting the host and hostess at the heads of the table. You have to know your guests. That, that's the main thing. I mean, there are people that you know will be uncomfortable if they have to sit away from their partner. But then there are others. If you have a really social event where a lot of people have energy and you have some folks that will actually dominate the conversation, then, yeah, it is really smart to mix up the, the guests around the table and make sure that uh, you put people with other like-minded people socially. Mm-hmm. And, Carol, there is the setting of the table, the cutlery, yes, indeed the, the, there the glasses. Is. And, I mean, you can get carried away with that. You can keep it re- relatively simple. But I guess there are some basic rules. Yeah, and there are a lot of online resources uh, resources for that. Um yeah, you know, one of the things I like to remember, people are always asking me when we're setting the table, I forget which way the knife goes. Right. <laughs> and the easiest way for me to remember that is you always turn the blade into the plate. Because if you turn it outside, you know, back in the days of the knights and castles and all that, if you turn a knife blade to the outside, it's a threat to the next person. Exactly. It's old-timey, <laughs> but it makes it easy to remember. But you know, I, I, a lot of people believe that you know you have to put out all the forks and all the spoons and all the knives. I believe in putting out what we're going to use. Yeah, so, no, it's not a time to show off. This is a time it, it, to uh, supply the needed utensils. And of course, if you're doing an eight-course dinner, that, that's a lot of cutlery. But at the same time, um, if you're just having a covered dish dinner then you basically need a, a fork, knife, and spoon. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's okay to do that. Yes, it is a-okay. Now, Tim, you sent me a few things the other day that just had me rolling on the floor laughing some of your some of your tips and i I don't want to i don't want to blow it but can you remember some of the some of your most important advice oh goodness um let me remind you of granny's napkins (laughs) well the the napkin situation uh if you've got a hem stitch linen napkin then it is for dabbing. It is not for blowing your nose. <laughs> do not, everybody listen to this, do not blow your nose on Granny's hemstitch napkin. Or at the table, period. It is, for, it is for dabbing at the corner of your mouth and putting back in your lap. That, that's the bottom line. You know, um, the, it, it seems appropriate nowadays for the younger generation or for, I'm sorry, sorry let me back up. For a lot of people, men particularly, to wear ball caps or hats mm. in the house. That's a no-no for me. That's the way I grew up. Others may not feel that way. But wearing a hat in the house, especially at the dinner table, mm. is something that is not appropriate at all. Um, so leave your it, hat at the door. Right. Some and restaurants, some restaurants take offense at wearing yes. a, a hat inside or a cap. Absolutely, it's respect, and it's it's really not appropriate to ask for something that is not presented, mm, like ketchup um, or Heinz fifty seven sauce, or salt and pepper. And it's mm. not appropriate to salt and pepper your food before you even taste it, if salt and pepper is presented. Mm. So, 
And if you're at a bar and you don't see what you want to drink at the bar, it's not really appropriate to say, do you have, um, you know, four roses bourbon? Right. Well, if it's not there on the counter, then they may have it, but they're, they may not have enough for everybody there. They're not offering it. Exactly. These are some great tips. Great tips. Great and, tips. And nowadays we have to be considerate of dietary restrictions. There was a time when you served what you served and people ate it. But now with all of the allergies, the special vegan and, and vegetarian diets, we really have to be particular about asking about dietary restrictions. Before sure. the event, One of my pet peeves that ever happened to me on a dinner party, actually, Malcolm, you were there. It was many years ago. I had, when I was living in Eastbrook, I had worked really hard on a dinner party. And as we sat at the table and I was serving the roast chicken, one of the guests said, I'm a vegetarian. And she said, I just won't take that and it 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 made me so upset because i would have easily accommodated you know her if i had known before i mean it would have been my pleasure but it just kind of you know threw everything off and so i don't think you should surprise people at the table i agree i agree so when you receive the invitation and you decide to rsvp that's when you say and oh by the way I hope this is not an inconvenience, but I have a nut allergy or someone in my party has um, a dietary restriction. And speaking of parties, well, <clears throat> go ahead, Tim. As a host, it's really important if you know that you're serving a mostly seafood meal that you check with all your guests and make sure that no one has a seafood allergy. I mean, you can do that and save yourself a lot of angst for right. sure. Angst is um, not good. You know, there's enough angst in hosting a party and getting all the food ready and coming out at the right time, uh, and just not having something thrown on you in the last minute. True. Yes. And one of the things that I came upon in doing a little bit of research about this is often there is the surprise guest who comes with an invited guest, but they were not invited and it's the how to handle the third wheel if someone shows up. Oh, you know, this so-and-so dropped by, and we just invited them to come along. If it's a cocktail party, that's not as big a deal as if it's a sit-down dinner. And, I mean, an hour in advance is really not enough time either. Right. You can't so, go get another pork chop and, and be ready in an hour. And if it's children, that is even... That's just a nightmare, honestly. Yeah. You know, for for a sit-down dinner where everything is planned and portioned, and, I mean, sometimes there's literally just not enough when you've portioned everything accordingly. Yeah, so. that would that would be a big, big no-no. And, you know, when you were talking about RSVPing, you know, the word RSVP, the words are in French, you know, répondé, s'il vous plaît, reply, if you please. And, you know, we've kind of lost sight of that because most commonly now people are like reply if declining. And you can get in a just world of trouble if you get an invitation and you don't RSVP that you are coming, you know, just as much as you're not coming. And, you know, if if you show up at the house and, and the host has eight places set at the table because you you know they never heard from you right that that's just as bad well and again it, it's on the host as, as well i just don't take that risk if i don't hear from them i call you know it's it's just it, you should respond for sure but the host should also make sure that they're checking to make make sure everything works smoothly Another component that I stumbled across in in sort of digging around my Emily Post uh, (laughs) surf and and her great-great-granddaughter, Lizzie Post, is now in the business. And Lizzie's just written a book about the etiquette of 
cannabis parties. Now, I don't know anything about that, but there's a whole <laughs> it's book. modern times. That Lizzie Post has written about Oh, her this. grandmother so, is rolling in her grave. But, but we'll put that aside, but there is this. Well, I would say, number one, you have to have a lot of snacks. <laughs> hey, you'll need extra snackle boxes, Carol. Extra snackle boxes, for sure. <laughs> we mentioned earlier, and let's talk a, a little bit about thank yous and how to do that. We have evites, we have text invites, and we have old school actual U.S. mail invitations, printed invitations. So uh, I sort of try to go with what kind of invitation I receive. If somebody texts and says, let's have dinner, then I feel like it's okay to say thank you through a text. If I get an e-bite, I feel like it's okay to email a thank you. But if you have a post that is um, really wants to honor you by having something printed, and especially if it's handwritten, Hmm. and they mail it, and it's that kind of event, then please take the time to honor them back and send a written thank you note. Yeah, that's that's really great, because I wanted to ask you about when text thank you notes are appropriate, because we text more and more. But So you're saying when it's a casual invitation or a text invitation, that's okay to do? I think so. But, again, it's always going to be more appreciated and special if you take the time to write a few lines on a card and drop it in the mail. But I, I, I think that the times have eased up, and, and we can uh, – the, the main thing is kind and gracious. Make sure that they know that you appreciate them in one way or another. And well, we're Tim, grateful for yes, you. Yes, you are kind and gracious, and we are so grateful for you. Thank you so much, Tim, and uh, we'll get you on again, and and we'll talk more about this. This is a great topic. We appreciate uh, your joining us today. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you, and we thank you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman. For my co-host, Carol Puckett, and our guest, Tim Pierce, I'm Malcolm White. Please stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey. Now you're talking. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.